You're listening to the Option Alpha Podcast from OptionAlpha.com, where we show you how to make smarter trades, learn how the stock market really works, and generate consistent monthly income. Now, your host and head trader at OptionAlpha.com, Kirk Duplessis. Hey everyone, this is Kirk here again from OptionAlpha.com, working every single week to make this the most popular investing podcast offered online because it's based on one thing and one thing only, and that's helping you guys make smarter trades. So again, thanks so much for tuning in today on the show, and we've got a really cool episode talking about portfolio balance and really about portfolio unbalance and how you can get back to neutral in your portfolio. Now, this is a big topic for me because I talk a lot about this concept of having a balanced portfolio and making sure that your positions are pretty much neutral around the market. And it's, I think, one of the keys to being successful in trading. I think that when you have balance and you have neutrality around the market, then your equity curve is much, much smoother. Now, To be totally honest with you right up front about this whole concept of balance, I want to make one clear point that I try to make a lot via email when I'm emailing back and forth with people on this balance topic. And that point is is that it doesn't ultimately matter where your portfolio is set up. As long as you're trading with 70% chance of success, you should hit 70% or more over time. So what I mean by this is you could, if you want to, make all of your trades directionally bullish. And as long as you're trading with 70% chance of success, you should hit 70% wins over time. You could make all of your trades directionally bearish. And again, as long as you're trading with 70% chance of success, that's what you should hit over time. So yes, you could be a one-sided, one-trick pony and make all of your trades in one direction for the rest of your life. That being said, what you're going to find though is that your equity curve is not going to be as smooth as if you were to trade both sides of the market. So oftentimes people will email me and say, Kirk, why do we even need to trade both sides of the market? Well, you do it in my opinion because you want a smoother equity curve. If you only trade one side of the market, yes, you might have a lot of winning months, but then you might have a couple really bad months. And I would rather have a much smoother equity curve and equity portfolio curve over time where I have, you know, some up months and some small down months, but it's just slowly gaining over time than to have these big swings in my account. Okay. So that's why I do it. I like to have both trades or trades on both sides of the market. I think ultimately it gives me a sense of confidence because I know no matter where the market goes, I have something that I can take off at a profit. And so that to me is something that I like to do. And again, I think that that's something that you could do to be successful. So today we're going to be talking about four ways that you can fix an unbalanced portfolio and get it back to neutral. Now, before we even talk about those four ways, we have to really define what is, you know, unbalanced, what is a perfect portfolio, etc. So most of the first questions that I usually get from people are, is there perfect balance? So what does perfect balance look like? And the answer to this is that there is no such thing as perfectly balanced portfolios. In fact, what most people are always shooting for is a delta neutral portfolio, which means that their portfolio is totally neutral to the market movement. But here's the problem. The problem with being delta neutral all the time, which is always the goal but never a destination, is that as soon as you are 100% delta neutral, 
meaning that your portfolio is exactly balanced to the market and makes money regardless of where the market go- is up or down, then the market moves and your positions move at the same time. So as the market moves every day or every minute, every hour, and your positions are now changing and evolving because they're getting closer to expiration and implied volatility is changing, your deltas are also changing as well. So I know a lot of people always shoot for delta neutral, and that's a great target, but just realize that it's always going to be a target and never going to be something that you'll have for, say, five months. You'll never have a perfectly balanced portfolio for five months and never have to do anything with it. Now that's okay. I'm not discouraging anybody. I'm just saying that you have to be realistic about what that target looks like. You can still shoot for always being delta neutral and work towards that, but just realize there's no such thing as perfect balance. I also personally believe that it's better to have really a little bit of a portfolio that's a little bit bearish all the time than a little bit bullish. That's just my opinion. That's how I think of my portfolio. It's not that I'm totally bearish all the time. It's just that if I have any skew in my portfolio, I want that skew to be bearish because the markets generally move down faster than they move up, right? Well, we didn't see that in really December or November of last year, but most of the time what we see is that the markets move down faster than they move up up. So I always like to have a little bit of bear skew in my portfolio. Not too much, but a little bit of bear skew. Next question is, what is considered unbalanced? How do you know? I think the easiest way to look at your portfolio and see if you're unbalanced is really to use beta weighting and then to basically create an equity beta weighted portfolio curve in your broker platform. Now, I know some broker platforms don't do this, I don't know what else to tell you other than it's the best way to do it in my opinion, so I'll talk about that first. When you're looking at your portfolio curve and you beta weight to a market index like SPY or IWM or DIA or SPX, whatever you choose as your benchmark index, what you want to see is you want to see your equity curve look like a normal distribution over the market and pretty much with the market trading right in between your equity or your distribution curve, your bell curve, if you will. What I consider to be unbalanced is if the market is trading very close to one of your break-even extremes. That's when I would consider your portfolio to be really unbalanced and in need of being fixed. Now, if the market is trading a little bit to the right or a little bit to the left of center, that's okay. You're still pretty balanced and the market's just moving and that's okay. We know it will over time. But when the market starts getting towards the further end of your extremes or your break-even points and now is starting to threaten your ability to make money for that month, then I consider your portfolio to be underbalanced or unbalanced. And so at that point, then you have to start making adjustments to fix it to get it back to neutral. The first thing that I'll tell you before I get into the four things is you should really ask yourself this as you start looking at an unbalanced portfolio. And that first thing is, are there any positions that will close or come off soon? So can you close anything that is making money right now? So maybe the market moves lower. Can you close anything that was bearish that you know tried to take advantage of that? Or is there anything that comes off soon? So if you're in expiration week, don't look at your portfolio for expiration week per se. Start looking at in the future your portfolio for the next month or the month after and start analyzing that for balance. So I think that you have to be a little bit smart and use a little bit of your common sense in this regard before you start looking to fix the portfolio. Make sure you're looking at the right portfolio because if it's expiration week, most of these things are going to come off or you're going to manage them really soon. So there's not too much you can do right now to fix it. You really want to start looking ahead towards the next you know, portfolio in the next month or the next two months, whatever the case is. Okay. So if you 
you have an unbalanced portfolio, here's four ways you can fix it. Number one, you can add more neutral positions around the market. This is personally my favorite way to do this over time. Okay. So this does take a little bit more time. It doesn't give you a quick injection of fixing your portfolio. So it won't immediately shift all of the risk from one side to another and rebalance you. But what it will do is when you add more neutral positions, meaning you add more credit spreads, or I'm sorry, you you add more iron condors, more iron butterflies, straddles, strangles. What it generally does is it raises the whole portfolio up and down. So vertically. So it takes your bell curve and it's like you put your hands underneath your bell curve and you push it higher. I know it's hard to do on a podcast, but I'm trying to give you as much visualization as I possibly can here, but you push that whole equity curve higher. I think this is a great way to do it because as the market moves and as you're adding new small positions, you're always moving with the market and always being more neutral around the market. So I think your positions just naturally evolve with the market. As the market goes down, your positions are now centered around the new positions with the market lower. And so that just pushes your whole equity curve higher and gives you a much wider bell curve or much wider portfolio beta weighted graph, if you will. The second way that you can do this, if you don't want to add more neutral positions, because it does take a little bit of time to do that, you got to add a lot of positions to really rebalance it, but it's a thing process you can go through. But the second way to do it is to add directional credit spreads. So again, this is another way where if you're starting to get, let's say, too bearish and the market is, you know, needs to move lower for you to make money. So your portfolio is out of whack. It's too bearish. Then you can add some directional credit spreads. So in the case of being too bearish, you would start adding some put credit spreads so that you start making money if the market goes higher. Your portfolio is already bearish. If the market moves lower, you're good. You make money then. You would start adding put credit spreads below the market during high implied volatility environments. Now, again, this is another way to add directional injection to your portfolio. So you, instead of doing like we did number one, where we're neutral and just raising the whole portfolio vertically higher, we're starting to shift some of the risk away from bearish trades and starting to shift it more towards bullish trades. So you're going to be adding put credit spreads to the portfolio. Likewise, if your portfolio is too bullish, meaning that you make most of your money if the market continues to go higher, but if it goes lower, you don't make any money, you would start adding call credit spreads to your portfolio. You would start selling call credit spreads above you know, different ETFs and different stocks and start transferring the risk in your portfolio to help spread and even out your distribution curve. Now, the third way that you can fix your portfolio is to add directional debit spreads. Now, this is a good way to add a much quicker injection of transfer of risk in your portfolio and rebalance your portfolio much, much quicker. Now, we often trade directional debit spreads here at Option Alpha, and many people have seen on our performance page that directional debit spreads are at best 50-50 and really don't make us any money long-term. And we know this to be true because you're generally buying options. But what I tell people all the time is that I use directional debit spreads for the purpose of mainly rebalancing the portfolio. And this is where we talk about it here because when you add a directional debit spread to your position, you're generally adding that debit spread at at the money strikes. So if the stock is trading at, let's say, 100, you're adding the 99-101 call debit spread, right? So you're buying the 99s, selling the 101s, and immediately if the market starts moving higher, you start making money. So that's why debit spreads work out really well. They also work really well in low implied volatility because that's generally when they're pretty cheap and generally when your portfolio may be getting out of whack because volatility is low and you don't have too many positions. I prefer to use credit spreads first 
over directional debit spreads. But again, if your portfolio is starting to get really, really out of balance, directional debit spreads are the quickest way to help kind of, you know, facilitate the adjustment to the portfolio and give you immediate cash if the market continues in that same direction. So I don't think that you should use them in every case. But again, it is a really good way to have like an immediate injection of risk in one direction or or positive influence in one direction if you need to make that adjustment. The fourth and final way that you can fix your portfolio and get back to neutral is to use skewed calendars and diagonal spreads. Now, again, this is something that you can do during low implied volatility because that's generally when these work better. But very much like a debit spread, you're going to be trading these skewed calendars and diagonal spreads in the direction of where you want to make money if the market moves. So again, if your portfolio, let's say, is too bearish, meaning you already are going to make money if the market moves lower, you need to add positions that give you an opportunity to make money if the market moves higher. You'd be adding some call calendar spreads to your portfolio. So those call calendar spreads would be placed in the direction of where the market might move higher. So you'd be adding them above the market or above some ETFs in case they rally higher. And again, this gives you a little bit of balance in your portfolio. So if the market does fade higher, at least some of your call calendar spreads are going to make money and you start transitioning the risk from the bearish positions to some more bearish slash bullish positions in your portfolio. So the difference here in these last two, which is the directional debit spreads and the call diagonal spreads, is obviously that debit spreads are going to be a much more quicker injection of uh, directional profitability in your portfolio. So if the market moves higher, those debit spreads are going to make money a lot faster. If the market moves lower, those debit spreads are going to make money a lot faster. The call calendar spreads, put calendar spreads, and the diagonal spreads, they're going to make money at a slower pace. Remember, because with diagonal spreads and calendars, you're trading two different contract months. And so generally what happens is that those contract months kind of offset each other to some degree and those positions don't make or lose money that fast. So they're generally more slow and more or more slow to react to market movements. So if you need something that's more of a quicker injection of directional rebalancing during low implied volatility, you go with the debit spreads. If you want something that you can start to rebalance your portfolio, so if it's starting to get unbalanced, but you don't need to like frantically rebalance it right away, then you can start using some calls or some calendar spreads and diagonal spreads that will help slowly start to transition the portfolio higher. Now, again, I really prefer number one and two from this list, if you can do it. Number three and four with the debit spreads and calendar diagonal spreads are really for low implied volatility environments and really when your portfolio starts to get really out of whack. I think if you stick to some of the things that we've been talking about here on the podcast and on Option Alpha about laddering into positions, spreading your positions out over time, I think what you'll really find is that you don't need to do as many debit spreads and calendar diagonal spreads because just the fact of purely staying active and keeping adding positions every single week will naturally adjust as the market moves up or down. And so I think that that's a really important point to make. Now, again, if you have any questions on portfolio balance or beta weighting, we've got some great video tutorials inside of our platform that you can check out where it shows you how to create a beta weighted portfolio graph, how to use deltas if you can't use a beta weighted portfolio graph, and really goes through a lot of examples on how to adjust positions and really get your portfolio back to neutral. But I wanted to do this podcast today just to give you 
kind of the four things that you can do to really help rebalance your portfolio if you think it's starting to get out of whack. And now our favorite part of the show, Trader Q&A, where we ask a question from one of our current members about options trading. Got a question you'd like to ask Kirk to answer live on the air? Just head on over to optionalpha.com forward slash ask and hit the record button to leave a message. That's optionalpha.com forward slash ask. And now here's today's question. Hi, Kirk. My name is Sam Gomez. And here's my question. If you have, say, a 100K account, and you're investing 25k in options per your examples. Is there a reason you need to leave 75k in cash in your investment account? I mean, stated another way, could you put that 75k into a home instead and then what you actually have is 25k in your investment account with 100% invested in options? Basically, I'm trying to see if it's necessary to have 75k in cash in your account basically not earning anything other than a small percent interest from your broker. So yeah, would really like to hear your thoughts on this. Love your videos, and I'll likely be joining your pro group soon. All right. Hey, Sam, thanks so much for submitting your question. And this one was very similar, though, a different kind of take on the question that last week Jose had. So I know it's similar, but I think it was a different take, which is why I want to include it here today. And the question really was, you know, what do you do with this cash? Is it in the same account or can you put it in something else? And I think the reality is, is that I would prefer if the cash is in the same account, or let's even say if it's in the same place, the same broker, so that you can quickly get to it. The whole point of having cash available for trading is so that you can quickly access or use that cash. Now, I'm not going to say that you have to have the cash and you can't use it for something else that you need it for. But if you are trading, let's say 100% of your account now, because the 25% is now invested in options and the 75% was removed and put into a house or something else, some other investment. The question that I have to ask you is, can you access that cash really quickly? And I'm talking like a day or two at the most, because that's when you're going to need it. That's how quickly you might need it. So I really suggest that you keep most of that in the same account. What I have often told coaching clients to do is if they have, let's say, you know, three different margin accounts at the same broker, that's okay if one account is the trading account and two of the other accounts are the cash account. It doesn't matter, but they can quickly get cash from their accounts because it's at the same broker. They just transfer it over. But I don't necessarily suggest that you you know, take that extra cash and let's say buy an investment property because that's illiquid. You can't get that cash as quickly as you might need it. So I think it's a good question. Again, it kind of dovetails off of what Jose asked last week, but I really, really want to drive home this point because I get a lot of questions about allocation and cash and where can it be. And so hopefully this helps answer that question. Again, if you guys want to hear your question answered live on the show or on Facebook and Periscope soon, please head on over to optionalpha.com slash ask, click the big red button in the middle of the screen and leave me a private voicemail like Sam did today. There's no software to download or install. It's incredibly easy. You can do it in like two minutes. Now, before I go into the closing bell segment, I wanted to let you know how you can get our special podcast freebie today, which is our ultimate option strategy guide. If you're brand new to Option Alpha or even if you've been around for a while, this is totally revamped, expanded out to 90 pages. Again, our strategy guide walks through the entire process of finding, selecting, pricing strategies with a bunch of cheat sheets at the end 
which are basically like one page cheat sheets for each type of strategy. So a cheat sheet for credit spreads, for iron condors, for straddles, strangles, etc. It's completely free and you can get it by going to optionalpha.com slash ebook or by texting in the word strategies, all one word, S-T-R-A-T-E-G-I-E-S strategies to the short code 44222. So you can just text it in right from your mobile phone or head on over to optionalpha.com slash ebook. Now, the closing bell. Find out which stocks we're looking at right now, trades we're making, and hear our game plan moving forward. All right, so in today's closing bell segment, I actually want to talk about a recent closing trade that we had. And most of the time in the closing bell segment, we talk about opening trades, but people have really asked mostly to talk about adjusting trades and closing trades and kind of filter these in here in 2017, which is something I want to start doing because I think it is important to talk about you know some of these aspects. So we'll start filtering in some opening trades, closing, adjusting trades. So you get a good mix of them here on the podcast. Today's closing trade that I want to talk about is our TLT Iron Condor that we just got out of and closed. Now, the reason I think it's, this is important is just to talk about the process of pricing and and what we think about when we do a really tight, very close in iron condor. Now, what we did in TLT back in the beginning of December is opened up this position in TLT right after or like right before the actual Fed meeting. This was early December that we opened this position. It was for January expiration. And we knew that implied volatility was really juiced up around this Fed meeting, but we also knew that generally speaking, everyone knew what the Fed was going to do. So we thought, you know, implied volatility would fall during this, you know, after the Fed event. But when we did this trade, we did it as a really tight iron condor. So with the market or TLT trading right about in between our short strikes, we sold the 119 calls and the 118 puts. So it's almost like an iron butterfly. An iron butterfly would have been the same short strike, but we just had a difference of $1 in our short strikes because the market was trading between our short strikes at about 118 and a half. And then what we did is we went out on either end about $8 and bought long options to give us protection. Now, again, this was early December. So we knew kind of what the Fed was going to do. Everyone think, thought that the Fed was going to raise rates, but we also didn't want to be surprised. And we wanted to do this as a risk-defined position. So we went really far out and bought long options at 127 on the call side and 110 on the put side for very cheap. Now, overall, we still took in a massive credit of $426 for the two iron condors that we did. So about an $850 credit on the overall position. Now, again, with these really tight iron condors slash iron butterflies, because that's really what it was mostly like as an iron butterfly, is our goal is to take in this big credit, but then to manage the trade really early. So to get the trade off early and buy it back for still probably a big credit, but to collect about 25 to 30% of potential profit. So 25 to 30% of the initial premium received. Well, in that case, what we ended up doing is closing it today for a $3 debit. So we bought back both of our iron condors in TLT for a $3 debit. This leaves us now with a $252 profit on the trade. Now, during this time, which has basically been 
about more than 20 days in TLT, what's happened is that the stock has pretty much traded nowhere. I mean, it's traded all over the place, but it has pretty much ended up back at 118 and a half. And implied volatility has gone from about the 75th percentile down to around the 27th percentile. So it's pretty much dropped uh, pretty good. And that's helped decay these options all the way down. Now, we still have some time to go until January expiration. So that's why there's value left in these contracts. But at that point, we don't care. We're taking the trade off early. We're managing it early for a nice little profit. And again, hopefully this is just a good way that you can start to see the thought process and mechanics that go through you know, kind of the trade on a high level from start to finish. We get into these iron butterflies, iron condors, really big credits up front, knowing that we're going to manage them early and take them off early and close them for still a big uh, price. We still paid $3 to close them, but that more than covered our potential profit for $252 on this position, even after the Fed event happened in December. So again, hopefully that was a really good example of how we start trading and how we start closing positions. Again, please let me know what types of things you guys like to see on the podcast, because I really want to start tailoring this a lot more in 2017 to the types of trades you guys want to see in the closing bell segment. Thanks for listening to the Option Alpha podcast. If you liked what you heard, please drop by iTunes and leave a rating or comment. Plus, you can get everything. Free email updates for future shows, transcripts, video tutorials, case studies, and more. Just visit our website at optionalpha.com. All right, so I really hope you guys enjoyed today's show and got at least one thing out of it that you can apply right now to make you a smarter, more profitable trader and investor. As always, you can get additional resources, links mentioned in the show, and some related video training on portfolio balancing by going to the show notes page at optionalpha.com slash show78. That's just the number 78, optionalpha.com slash show78. And until next time, happy trading.